Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. Today, I am bringing you a special guest interview. Today, I have Kylie Field. She is from Halifax, Nova Scotia, and she is an international board-certified lactation consultant. Kylie is actually a really, really great resource locally. I met her early on in my career, and uh, she is an expert on all things postpartum. She actually has a background in nursing um, from South Africa in her degree there, and she also is a postpartum doula, and she's an infant massage therapist. So this woman deals with moms postpartum day in and day out. She knows all the problems. She knows all the feelings, all the experiences that are so typical for new moms to go through. And today we're going to be diving into some of the most common issues that come up with breastfeeding. And I just kind of go through some of the ones that I experienced because Lord knows it was not an easy time. I find breastfeeding is one of those things that you just need to be educated on. Like for the most part anyway, some people I know just start and it's natural and easy and my goodness, I am so jealous <laughs> for other people. Um, it's not to say that everyone has a really hard time, but I find that there's a lot of educating that has to go with it. What happens when this happens and what's normal and what's not and how do you deal with it and all that good stuff. So Kylie today gives us kind of the overview, um, some really great tips that will kind of cover a lot of those questions that maybe or issues that maybe you'll come up with if you're new to breastfeeding or perhaps you've already started breastfeeding and you've encountered some of these issues yourself and you just kind of want to know where to go next. So one thing that I do want to mention is in the episode, Kylie mentions very briefly MediHoney as one of the treatments that you can use for one of the problems that she talks about. And I just want to mention that it's a medically treated product. So there is no risk to giving that to your baby. It's, you're not like you're giving it to them, but you'd be putting it on your breast and then your baby would be feeding from there. So there is uh, a risk for ingesting a little bit of it. However, this is not the same thing as regular honey or just pasteurized honey that you could buy anywhere in the grocery store or anything like that. So I just want to clarify that if you think of maybe substituting your own product, maybe just regular honey to do the same job, please do not. Honey is a danger for babies under 12 months of age and Medi Honey is a totally different product. So anyway, I wanted to just add that disclaimer in and let's just get on with our interview. Hi, Kylie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Edwina. It's great to be here. How are you doing today? Very well, thanks. Oh, that's so good. I'm so happy to have you here. Kylie, you have been somebody that has been a longtime supporter of me, which I am so internally grateful for. For everybody listening today, I just want to say that Kylie was one of the first people I ever met when I first 
branched out and decided I want to start my own practice and my own business. And I met with Kylie, didn't even know her. She was so kind to meet with me and just kind of walk me through her own business and give me some of her tips and, and uh, encourage me a little bit. And it was like, you were a godsend. It was so, so, so nice of you. And so I'm honored to have you here today. Well, thank you. And I'm very grateful to have you in my life and in my practice because I get a lot of babies. Well, every baby needs to move on from breastfeeding to eating. And so I love the fact that you are a resource for all my families as well. So it works both ways. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, I agree. So Kylie, as always, when I'm interviewing guests, I like to start with a little bit of an introduction. So I'm wondering if you can just tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started with uh, becoming an international board certified lactation consultant. Okay. Well, my background is in nursing. And as you can tell from my accent, I'm from South Africa originally. I did nursing and midwifery there. And then coming to Canada, I didn't work initially, had my daughters and then um, started off working as a postpartum doula supporting mom's postpartum with just it was basically in-home new baby stuff but I ended up doing a lot of breastfeeding support and so just realized that very sort of very early on I was mostly doing breastfeeding support and there was such a big need for that and that's when I transitioned into you know taking the courses and the exams for um, to become a lactation consultant so um, the board exams and we're internationally recognized and and I've been doing that for five years now. That's amazing can you explain for all my listeners today a little bit about what a lactation consultant really is because I know I heard the term when I was breastfeeding my kids, didn't really know like when would I need one. I didn't really know the details of how it all worked. So maybe you can kind of give a little bit of a lowdown um, for everybody, just kind of the background of the position and how you work. Basically, a lactation consultant is a specialized breastfeeding resource. So, you know, you would, we're we're not a general practitioner. We really are focused on infant feeding and, and breastfeeding primarily. And we are able to meet with moms prenatally to set them up with good breastfeeding education so that they're well prepared to know, um, what to expect in the early days. We can talk about prenatal colostrum collection, which is a really important, um, thing to do to get yourself well established and to get your, your supply well established. Again, something that you would talk to the doctor about, but just giving, giving new families, um, education. And then once the baby is born, we're there to troubleshoot any issues, but also work with the norm, you know, just kind of normalize what babies are doing. So it's not always fixing issues or giving support for, for, you know, as we're going to discuss later on, cracked nipples or supply issues. It, it's sometimes just sort of saying, yes, what you're doing is great. And you're what you the way your baby's behaving is normal is normal as well. But we do go that extra step when there are those challenges, whether they be um, health on the parent side or health on the baby side, we're able to be able to chan, you know, give information on that or refer appropriately when we see things that are concerning. Amazing. And I think that's really important for all new parents, especially first time moms. It is so needed to have somebody tell you this is normal. Like, I feel like those three words are so incredibly useful and calming and give you the confidence. And I like, you never really know what to expect. And even though it may not seem like Yeah, like you said, there's a huge problem. You know, maybe your baby's eating, they're growing, everything seems okay. But at the same time, you don't really have that full confidence and like 
is this the way I should be doing it? Is it not? Like you ask yourself a million questions as a new mom. And I remember that very, very well. And so it's great to have a resource like you that can come and be that support and be somebody that helps make moms more confident, feel more confident as they go through this process because it's so new and it's so overwhelming. And I'm sure you see that a lot. So today, what I was hoping we can do is kind of dive into the top most common breastfeeding issues that come up Mm -hmm. um, that you might see day to day when you're working with your clients and get your opinion, get your advice on each of them. I'd love to give my listeners just some some of the best tips that you have, because again, we have so many stories of beautiful breastfeeding journeys from so many moms in my communities, but then we also know that it's not as easy breezy as it is for some moms as it is, you know, as it is for others. Um, and there are a lot of issues that come up and we don't always know what to do or where to go for help. So I want to go through these issues uh, today and then give some insight to those moms. So Let's start with the very first problem, common problem. And I'm going to say that is having like a a poor or painful latch. So you're trying to breastfeed and it just doesn't feel right. It hurts. And, you know, I think most moms would realize at that point that doesn't seem right. So what kind of advice do you have um, if a mom starts to experience that? First of all, I would say, you know, seek out somebody who can help you. So that could be your lactation consultant. It could be your public health nurse. It could be the nurse at the doctor's clinic. It could be the Lesh League or peer support. Seek out help because pain is not normal. So we often think that one that pain that breastfeeding should be painful or is painful in the beginning. It can be an uncomfortable and new sensation, but when there's damage happening and cracked nipples, then there's something wrong. And usually it's a case of fixing the baby's latch. So usually, first of all, we need to check that that baby has a good latch. It simply could be just changing the way you're holding the baby, slightly slightly different positioning. But basically when there's nipple damage or painful um, pain in, when you're feeding, there's something to be fixed with the baby's latch. So I'd say that would be the first thing. So it's not okay to continue with pain. You know, you might have a pure, a few poor latches right at the beginning and you have some damage, but once a baby's latching well, that damage heals up within, usually within a day or two. So if the, if the pain or the discomfort or the damage continues, uh, find somebody to help you figure out why it's, it's not okay to stay like that. Mm-hmm. And is the most common reason for a painful latch, like you said, it's it, they're just not latching on properly, like the positioning isn't right, or could it be something else um, you can do anatomically with your breasts at all? It could be, it could be a, a numerous issues. So one of the things we always look at is what happened with the birth, like if the baby had a traumatic birth or if there were forceps or vacuum, C-section, all of those things can affect the baby's comfort and, and their um, just their jaw. They could be, have a bit of a, a, a tightness in one side of their neck or their jaw, and so they're going to be a little bit more clampy or chompy or a little bit asymmetrical, and that's going to be uncomfortable. So they might be compensating and, and latch a bit, or they will just feel like they're very, very chompy and tight, so that's going to cause damage. Um, sometimes it's the shape of the mum's nipple, so you know, if you don't have protruding nipples and you have flat nipples, it's going to be a little bit harder for the baby to get that latch. And then there you will hear a lot about tongue ties. So, you know, there are babies with tongue ties that really do have trouble getting their tongue in the right position to feed well and and get that nipple really 
pulled into the back of their mouth where they need to have a comfortable latch. So it's a, it can be one thing and it could be a mixture of a, of a number of things, but we really always want to look at the, at the pregnancy and the birth as well, because that tells us a lot about how comfortable this little baby really is. And we need to expect that there's a learning curve for mum and baby. So the, I think parents think, well, this is natural and it is natural and it's normal, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a learning curve. So I think if you go into it thinking, well, both of us have to figure this out, that helps helps you troubleshoot things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. And I'm wondering, like, with you mentioned a couple of things that kind of got me thinking, what about like inverted nipples? Because I know that that's a big concern for mm-hmm. some moms, um, some of some people that I've spoken to personally, especially in, in recent months, actually, and have been concerned about that. Does that usually affect the, the mom's ability to breastfeed or the baby to latch on properly? That can certainly inverted nipples, true inverted nipples that even, you know, when you're cold or you do some nipple stimulation, those nipples don't come out. Those can, that definitely can be a challenge that I would recommend working with us with a lactation consultant on, but we usually can, there's different things we can do to help to get the nipple out, whether it's, you know, there are little, um, almost looks like a little thimble that you can wear over your nipple that helps you to pull the nipple out while you're pregnant um, prenatally, or you can use um, some pumping or some nipple stimulation to get the nipple out. And those moms do have a bit more of a challenge, or we could use a nipple shield again with guidance in proper use. So yes, that a true inverted nipple is a challenge. Most babies figure it out. And, and you know, you've got to look at different breast elasticity. So if the mum's got nice stretchy elastic nipples, they usually do fine. If you've got firm, tight little breasts that don't move much, that's going to be harder if there isn't a protruding nipple. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to call a lactation consultant to come and help you, what is the general process? Because I'm thinking logistically, how does a baby continue to feed while there's still pain happening? Or let's say there is a tongue tie and that needs to be corrected. What happens in the meantime? You know, what's your suggestion for continuing the breastfeeding journey, not giving up on it, but you know, what do you do in the meantime until it's fixed? So first of all, I'd say at the, at the earliest sign of any issues, or even before I would, I would get somebody have a lactation consultant come in. There are a lot of little things we can do and tools in our toolbox, which we can give to moms, whether they tips or whether there's, you know, things like nipple shields or, you know, um, pumping and things like that, that we can help you protect your milk supply, protect the breastfeeding until we get, you know, the baby sorted out with the tongue tie being released and we need to do some pediatric chiro or osteo to help um, unwind that little baby. So there are, there are definitely things to do, but I'd say get somebody that can help you um, navigate that and, and don't just feel like you have to hang in there and have a very unhappy mom and an unhappy baby in the meantime. So yeah, you can still keep breastfeeding. It just might be with some, with some little tools in your box as well. Some modifications. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. Okay. Now let's talk about cracked and sore nipples. So this is a, again, a very common issue and there's like a ton of creams and things that I always see out on the market. It wasn't a huge issue for me, although I do remember there was, I think with my first, it was definitely with Thomas, it was a little bit of an issue did not last long, but what are the main kind of tips that you would give to a mom who's experiencing that problem? 
So again, if you're due, you need to find out why you got them and and fix the latch. So the latch is going to be like a baby who's latching well will not be causing damage. But if you have that damage, you want to be healing up those nipples. So we used to say air dry is the way to heal up nipples. Now we, we're just with research and, and common practice, it's more moist wound healing. So, you know, keeping the that wound nicely moistened. So with with lanolin, with um, coconut oil. There are a lot of safe organic, you know, um, nipple butters out there that you can pick up pretty easily. So usually those are very safe. And if you put them on quite thickly, you know, once depends on when you're feeding, but if you put them on after a feed and then you cover it with a breast pad, usually that is enough to heal. And then if you, if it's, if you've put on a fair amount, you would wipe that off before you feed the baby, partly because it's just going to be slippery and they're going to have trouble latching. You just also don't want the baby ingesting any of those things. The other thing that's really a good tip with if there are cracked and damaged nipples, is just good hygiene. So very, very gentle soap and just washing your nipples. You can also do a saline soak. So a little bit of like a half a teaspoon of salt in a, in a bowl of warm water um, or Epsom salts and just letting your breast soak or your nipple soak in that for a few minutes is also going to just promote healing. So you want to get those healed up. And again, if they're not healing in a few days, then I would be looking for answers um, as to help. There are medicated creams out there that can really help. Um, thing, and there are also other other um, like Medi-Honey and things like that that we can use to help heal up the, the wounds. Perfect. Okay. Now what I really want to get into very, very interested to get the tips on this one is engorgement. So this was again, a problem I had, and you know what, I'm just going to come out and say, I did have a hard time breastfeeding my first. I had a really easy time breastfeeding my second. So it was totally different experiences. I don't know again, why it may have been because I didn't have a lactation consultant to help me. Um, (laughs) but I had issues with engorgement as well. And so I really would love to dig into your tips on how to prevent and how to treat it. If you, if it does happen. It, was the engorgement in the first week or was, or, you know, when your milk came in or are you talking constantly right throughout your feeding journey? Um, for me, it was a lot more throughout my feeding journey. I did produce a lot of milk. And so I, and I, I tried pumping in between, but I did I probably, again, this could be why I wasn't consistent. It was more just to relieve, you know, the, you know, the pressure amount of milk. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I did, I did experience it a lot throughout that whole process. So I think you, you actually answered your own question without realizing it there. Um, pumping is actually probably the one thing that we don't encourage when there's too much milk. So the more you pump and we, you and I chatted about this earlier, is like, um, empty breasts make milk. So the more we pump and the more we empty our breasts, the more our breasts are getting messages to refill. So when a mum has not enough milk, we want to encourage pumping and we want to encourage um, a lot of sort of action at breast is for a better way of putting it so that the breasts are constantly being emptied and they constantly refill and they, they tend to make more milk that way. But if you have a lot of milk, you almost want to just feed, you just want to feed your baby so that slowly over time, and it usually if you've got a lot of milk, it can take six weeks to, to get to this point, but um, you want to just help your breasts to sort of downregulate so that you only are feeding um, and making enough milk for your baby and that your 
body doesn't think that you've got twins. So every time you pump, your body goes, oh, let me refill. And so we get into this vicious cycle um, of, of pumping and then needing to keep pumping because you feel so full. So it's, it's almost good to do a reset. If you're going to do that, you could do a double pump completely empty and then just try and sort of go through the day with just feeding your baby as you need to. And then if you feel very, very uncomfortable doing a very little bit of hand expression into a towel, so not putting the pump on, just hand expression, some massage around your breast to just soften it and then just see if you can go till the next feed. Uh, that would be generally the way to kind of um, handle general kind of oversupply or, or engorgement. The other time that does happen is in the early days when your milk comes in. And another thing that works really well is instead of we always think we've got to move the milk out of our nipple, out of the breast, if you actually massage backwards towards your armpit and move the sort of that, that fullness and that swelling away, that tends to help the milk to flow and it just helps. That's a bit of like lymphatic drainage. So you kind of are helping the swelling to resolve and the milk flows better and then you just feel more comfortable and just doing exercises stretching your stretching your um, pectoral muscles doing some and trying to sort of roll your shoulders outwards that can all help as well oh my god those are good tips i did not realize uh the last two were even a thing so i was doing the opposite of probably what i should <laughs> pumping and pumping and trying to get it out and then and then producing more <laughs> so yeah. that's probably i experienced that for a lot a lot of long time <laughs> okay so maybe that sort of answers my next one that i want to talk about which is low milk supply because i know um i've had uh, recently to a lot of messages from moms you know saying how do i increase my milk supply mm-hmm. and a lot of times a lot of times we well I, again, when I do quick Google searches or when I talk to the mums and they're always suggesting like, well, what foods can I have? Or are there, you know, cookies, do those, you know, lactation cookies help and, you know, that kind of thing. But is there other more, um, I guess, productive ways of, of fixing that issue? Yeah. So again, like, like with sore nipples, we want to look at the reason. So we've you know, like that again, meeting with a lactation consultant and figuring out why you have low supply. Like, did you did you have breast changes when you were pregnant? Did you see, you know, your breasts get larger? Were they tender? Did your areolas get darker? All those things will kind of help us um, sort of understand why you don't have milk as much milk as as your baby needs. But there are ways to kind of figure out, and then hormonal. Sorry, I should also go back to hormonal issues. And so, if you you might have thyroid issues or um, any kind of sort of physical issues that can affect your supply. But most women can make enough for their babies and there are ways to improve that. So first of all, would be pumping. So pumping in this case, if your baby isn't feeding effectively or isn't staying at the breast very long and you're needing to top up with bottles because they're not getting enough at the breast, your breasts aren't getting that stimulation to tell them to keep making milk. So adding pumping in a, you know, a few times a day and doing a bit of a power pump in the evening, that's like pumping. Um, you pump a little bit, you take a break, you pump a little bit, you take a break. So that just kind of simulates a cluster feeding. That's a great way to boost supply. And then there are herbs and um the name for that is galactagogue. So there are a variety of herbs out there that can help. And again, if you're going to go that route, I definitely, you know, no herbal co- combination or herb herb is, is without 
side effects necessarily. So even though herbs are natural, we don't want to just, um, you know, tell everybody to take herbs. We want to look at, there are some contraindications to taking them. So there are great herbs out there and great food supplements out there, but you want to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about for sure. And we just say, eat, eat what you normally eat and drink, drink to thirst, but always have, you're going to drink, you're going to need more water than you normally drank. So you need to have one hand free and have a, have a cup or a bottle next to you that you can use with one hand. A glass that's sitting on a table is not accessible to you when you've got a baby that you're trying to latch and you're using both hands to latch. So you need something where you can easily grab it and you're not worried about it spilling. I was just going to ask you that is about water drinking. Is it like, do you produce less milk if you are dehydrated and do you need extra water if you have low milk supply, like more than your typical amount of water that you would drink? No. Okay. I'd say, I think if you were grossly dehydrated, that would affect your supply for sure. Um, But if you generally, if you're drinking to thirst um, and, you know, not to wait until you're desperately thirsty and then drinking, but if you have water on the go, you generally need it a little bit more than usual, but you don't need to, you know, be drinking liters more than you normally drink. No. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. The last thing that I want to cover today is blocked ducts. So that one is also a really big one and probably very painful. So can you talk to us about what are your tips for dealing with block ducts? Okay. So first of all, as soon as you feel one, you want to, you want to make sure that you feed really well from that breast. So if you can empty that breast where that block duct is and it, Oftentimes, well, if you can do a really good feed on that side, it will let go and um, the baby will actually be much better at removing or helping a block duct to resolve than a pump will. So again, put your baby to breast. The interesting thing too is where the baby's chin is. So if your baby's chin is um, point, like if the block duct is on the inside of the breast and you are you have your baby feeding in the cradle position, that's the area that the baby will drain really well. And so that's that's the position you want to be in. If the block duct is on the outside of the breast, then you put your baby in the football position and that's the part of the breast that they're going to drain a little bit better. So putting the chin at the side of the breast where the block duct is, is, is a great way to just really help that area to, to drain. Um, most women will go at a block duct and will massage the heck out of it and will bruise themselves. Like they will actually make themselves more tender because they are so determined to get it out. And the message I'd really like to get out there is be gentle. You don't need to bruise yourself to get rid of a block duct. So what you're doing is actually creating more inflammation and we want to be gentle. So again, using reverse massage, so massage towards your armpit to get rid of the inflammation. And then you can gently massage around the block duct and on it itself as your baby is drinking that's going to help the milk to flow and for that block duct to dislodge and um, hopefully resolve you can also do things like warmth before you feed doing some massage before you feed and then cool after um, vibration so if you have an electric toothbrush holding that over the area can help as well and sometimes just getting into the tub with a bit of epsom salts and just doing a nice full body soak And then again, just gently massaging that area that can help to get rid of it. 
Okay. So gentle is the way to go. Gentle is the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good to know. Okay, Kylie, thank you so much for all this information. It's been really, really helpful. Can you let everybody know where we can reach you if we want to find out a little bit more about what you do and, and about, uh, and about your work? Sure. Well, my website is the nurturing touch and I have all my information up there and I'm based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. If you go to my website, you'll be able to find my my contact information and email, and I'm happy to answer emails anytime. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for everything, and I hope to have you back on here soon. Thanks, Edwina. It's been great chatting with you. Bye.